0: If you have a Bible, why don't you grab it? We're going to be in uh, the Gospel of John. If you are uh, new with us, um, we've been going through the Gospel of John for quite some time. And we plan to camp out here for quite some time. Um, Because what you get from the Gospel of John is an incredible reality and vision of who Christ Jesus is. And man, if that can just deepen uh, us as a church... Uh, that, that's that's an incredible win for us uh to see Jesus for who he really is and John uh, here is going to give us probably the longest dialogue uh written between Jesus and another person. Uh this conversation is quite lengthy. In fact, we won't get through all of it today. I will get through 26 verses believe it or not. And um so and don't don't panic when you hear me say that, all right? We're not going to we won't be here no longer than what we normally are. Okay. I'll have you out pretty soon uh, because I honestly, I've gone through this chapter uh, many times over the years. I've preached out of this chapter. And I, I tell you, every time I preach, preach through it and studied, I see something different. I see a greater reality of Jesus that's being exposed in this text. And and, and that's my prayer with this, that Jesus would show you who he really is. Uh, because you hadn't graduated from needing to know who Christ is, all right? You don't you don't get deeper in your sanctification with Christ uh, and, and have this idea that, well, I don't need to know more about Jesus. Give me something different. Give me something deeper, preacher. The deepest you can go is with who he is, and I believe that Christ is going to show us this reality of who he is through uh, this chapter. So, um, got a lot of work to do, so I'm just going to stop giving you rambling remarks. John chapter four. We're going to pick it up in verse one. When Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he has been uh, he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, though, Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were. He left Judea and went again to Galilee. Verse 4, he had to travel through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sakaar, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, a pretty significant place, if you know your Old Testament history. And Jesus, worn out from his journey, Uh, sat down at the well. It was about noon, right? Now, that's the literal translation for that is noon. Yeah, like that Greek theology right there. (laughs) Let me paraphrase that. It was hot, most likely. Ain't nobody got no business going out to no well when it's hot. Now, it's hot here. I'm sure it's hot there, too, Um, and women just did not come out at this time, but here is this lady, Avoiding crowds for a reason. Jesus sees her. And he came to this town and pick it up in verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me? A Samaritan woman. She asked him, For Jews, do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God who was saying to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket, and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, and did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, Everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again but whoever drinks from the water that I will give him he will never go thirsty again in fact the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life sir the woman said to him give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to come to this same spot to draw water jesus said notice this dramatic transition he said all right go get your husband he told her and come back here i don't have a husband she answered well, you've answered correctly. Jesus said, I, I don't have a husband. For, for you've had five husbands, as a matter of fact, and the man you are with now, you shack him with him. That's Matthew's paraphrase. What have you said is true. Sir, one of my favorite verses is so hilarious. Sir, the one reply, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, But you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father. Don't matter if it's on that mountain or this mountain in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, "I know this Messiah is coming, who's called to Christ. And when he comes, to it, we'll all we'll get this all worked out. Explain everything to us." And Jesus told her, this "Is one of the most powerful lines in the whole Bible. I, the one speaking to you, am He." There's just a few things that I want to perhaps lay out before us that are from this scripture. Though I want to back up back to. Verse 4 because I want you to get this clear vision again of the reality of Jesus and who he is and who he came for. Notice back up in verse 4, all right? The verse says in verse 4 that he had to pass through Samaria. Now, let me flesh this out for us. He didn't have to do anything. Now, I, I looked at maps here and I looked at this, unless there was like some road closures. Unless there was like some road detours, which there weren't, all right? This isn't I-85 right now, which is like demonically (laughs) cursed right now, okay? He didn't have to do this, but he chose to take a detour that culturally Jews just didn't take because the Jews would not be associated with the Samaritan half-bred people, all right? Now, I know that sounds extremely offensive, But that's the reality of how they viewed them. In fact, prayers have been dug up from the temple in Jewish culture that read, do not make us like those people, the Samaritans. And here is Jesus on this journey where he had to take a different route that most Jews just would not have taken. But Jesus here, through the Holy Spirit, is on a divine mission. He's on a mission to meet some lady who was looked down upon. And Jesus, I need you to watch this now, he begins to push the margins so that the people who are outside of the margins, the marginalized people, can step into the margins. This is exactly what Jesus is beginning to do in this text here. And he is willing to cross whatever barrier he needs to cross to get to his mission because Jesus' mission is evidently clear in this that he came to save. That's what Jesus is doing here. And he'll remove whatever barrier he'll cross through, whatever racial Issue there is. He'll cross whatever racial tension there is, whatever cultural difference, whatever gender issue there is just to prove a point that he didn't come just to save the Uppities. He didn't come just to save the Jewish people. He came to save all of us, which leads me to my first question for us here. Are we willing to take the detours to reach lost here's here's the thing that i need to ask you because i think that we're at this pivotal moment in our church where we've just kind of assumed that the roads we've taken the way we've done things in the past is going to continue to give us greater results i think that's insanity doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results But here's why I press on you. We have to be willing as a church to begin to navigate, find the detours where Christ is pointing us to. Because those, that's the place where we find the lost. I hate, let me just say this, hate in the most strongest way I can use it without seeming like I ain't got no grammatical sense here, okay? I hate detours right? I don't like them. I don't like physical detours. I don't like mental detours. I don't like going different routes. If I have to go somewhere, I need to get there the quickest way possible. That has gotten me in trouble in the past, but we're not here to judge me right now, okay? I'm just trying to prove a point to you. I don't like detours, but what I would press on us as a church, perhaps Christ is calling us to take us the slower route, because maybe in the slower route, that's where we're going to find some lost people. One, the easiest route for Jesus. In fact, it was the slower route for Christ. Maybe Christ is for us as a church, for me as a as just a follower of Christ. Maybe he's pumping the brakes on us so we don't miss the reality of who he is and we don't miss the reality of the lost people around us. Amen. Because a lot of us have our own agenda. We have to get to said place. we got to get there as quick as possible. But maybe, I mean, think about that. Like with church growth, like we got to get there. we got to get the most people it's as quick as we can. Philip sees, Philip sees. Maybe Christ. It's taken us a slower route, so we don't miss the lost people around us. Jesus Christ has one mission. And that's to get to again, I know this sounds offensive when I say it like this, this half bred Samaritan woman. We have to be willing to take these detours. So what's so significant about this area? Because this area, if you know your if you know your, your old testament history like Jacob's well, it, it has I mean, it carries a lot of weight, right? A lot of defined things happened here at this well. If you remember uh, these, some of these huge moments, like servants met, uh, where Abraham's servant met Rebecca, right? God gives the promise of land to his people, right, in this area. It's pretty significant, all right. So, so you have Abraham's servant; she met. Uh, he met Rebecca, who would become Isaac's future wife. Jacob meets his future wife, Rachel. Moses meets Zipporah. I mean, it's like, if you're single, that seems like, I mean, that's, that's a happening spot, right? I mean, here's, maybe this is the reason why she's here. She heard of all these stories, and all these other men went kick, kicking it for us. So she's like, I'll just find me man up at Jacob's well, because I hear they got a lot of great guys over here. Yeah. I, that's totally not correct. <laughs> not even right. But, but that's, it's a significant place. A lot of sovereign things have happened in this well. And Jesus meets this woman here. And he locks his compassionate eyes. He's like, I got something greater for you than what Jacob's will can offer you. I got something far greater that will satisfy you instead of you continuing to come to this same spot looking for satisfaction. Here Jesus meets her. And I want you to notice the dramatic turn from chapter 3 to chapter 4 if you remember back in chapter 3 you know everybody knows this John 3:16 God loves the world in that he gave his one and only son right so Jesus there's talking to Nicodemus talking to a man of influence talking to a man that could quote the torah that's a lot of quoting This man was an extremely learned man. And notice now who John wants to point our direction to, to know now who Jesus is talking to. Not an influential person. A person who has no significance to society. With the same offer, Jesus here. Again, Jesus, his mission to save the lost. The up and out. And the down and out, and so here now is Jesus meeting with this woman, and I've wondered so many times, like, why is she so quick to take Jesus up on this offer? You know, she's like, All right, give it to me! I'll take it now." Why? Perhaps she's just so tired of people seeing her here. going up in that whale well again y'all look at her had five husbands shagging her boo-boo now she probably killed all five of them i mean yeah i said is a y'all my brain's weird y'all like this just Nignat. so of course right of of course she takes jesus up on his offer and so here's jesus he's tired he's worn out he's weary from this long detour And I love this conversation because she does not expect to meet Jesus here. But Jesus knew who he was after. He was seeking after her. And I love this conversation. This is hilarious. Okay, you want the living water? Notice how Jesus just dramatically twists things. Sure, I'll take the living water. All right, go get your husband. I've often wondered why. why. Why didn't Jesus say, okay, stop chasing after everything and But notice what Jesus does. What Jesus does is it's almost like he is just whipping the scar tissue off of this lady. Not in condemnation. because remember, Jesus did not come to condemn. But I want you to see this because this is beautiful. Jesus wants to address the heart, and the root of the issue. You want this living water? You want to feel joy? You want to feel fulfillment? You want to feel the true love? You want to feel my faithful grace over you? Then we've got to deal with some issues that you are hiding. We've got to deal with this. It is an incredible tragedy in our culture today that many of us, we want To say we follow after Christ, but many of us are not willing to deal with the issues that Christ is running and chasing after in your life, which leads me to what I want to ask you that's plaguing me, and it should plague all of us. What is that issue that you are hiding, that you are not willing for Christ to deal with? What what well do you keep running to that you think is going to satisfy you, but in the end, like I believe it was Tim, Timothy Keller that said, it's just a well full of sand. I mean, you're drinking salt water, thinking that it's going to satisfy the longings and the thirst of your life, but it doesn't. It just leaves you wanting after more and chasing after more. What is that thing that you keep on hiding? Because listen to me carefully, it is not his condemnation. It is not him uh, being rude or judgmental in the fact that he is pointing out the obvious in her life. It's his steadfast love for her. Because listen to me, he loves her too much to leave her in that state of pursuing after things that will not satisfy her in the end. Like, think about that for us. Because the same Jesus pursuing after her is seeking after us. And he loves you, dear friends, too much to leave you in your filth, too much to leave you in your secret, hidden sins. And Christ will expose you. And that is not his judgment. That's his mercy and grace. Why for the life of me do we spend our lives trying to hide, trying to uh, pour in more things to cover up that sin or that issue in our life? Why don't we want to deal with that? we, We are like this woman. Jesus is asking us the same question to you. You want living water? Go get your husband. You want to finally feel resolve and contentment and joy and steadfastness and love in your life? Go get your husband. Do you want to feel that that longing go away? Do you want to see that void filled? Let's deal with the issue then. What is that thing that you just keep on going after that you think is going to fulfill you I mean, and this is a Jesus that we don't like, all right? We don't like the Jesus that wants to deal with us. This, think about the image of Jesus here, contrary to the image that we have of Jesus. Bible says he's exhausted. He's tired. Yeah. Took his boys on a different route. and He's getting dirty here, man. And this is the Jesus we don't like right here. The Jesus that exposes you, not because... He's trying to air your dirty laundry simply because he wants to offer you new life in him. And the only way you'll experience that living water that he's offering to us is you just give it all to him. I love her response, sir. You must be a prophet. I mean, can we just all agree? Biggest understatement of the Bible. Duh. Like he just read your mail, right? I mean, he just like, I, I mean, this is, this is hilarious to me. Sir, you, you must be a prophet. Now notice what she does. She changes the subject. <laughs> oh, you you writing that you ain't got a husband. You got five. And you shack shacking with boo-boo right now. Oh, so have you heard about the discussion, the theological discussion about which mountain we will worship Jesus on shall we worship him in the mountain in Samaria shall we worship him on the mountain of Israel you see what she's doing trying to create this uh, theological shenanigans that really who cares and watch this now Jesus ain't going to say hey girl focus he's like oh okay I'll meet you there Okay. Okay. You gonna change the subject? Then I'll, I'll get to that too. Isn't that what we do when, like, when when we're when we're confronted with something? Even like when the spirit is like just dealing with us. Isn't that what we do? Let's change the subject. Oh, I got sin. Oh, mm-hmm. Well, I've been I've been studying your social media, and you just nasty. Are you calling everybody else? Don't call me out of my sin. Here's the classic, classic American response You can't judge me. Oh, okay. By what standard? Your standard? Because your standard has just gone so great for you. I mean, you're batting at a 1,000 right now. I don't know anything about baseball, but you're batting at it. All right? So here's what we do, man. We just, we're going to quickly change the subject. Even like, even when someone is not even like confronting you on something, even when, man, you just feel like the Holy Spirit is like dealing with you on something. When you know you're supposed to be doing something, like God's just kind of pulling you and tugging you. And you're just like, all right, change the subject, God. Could you just bless me with a lot of money? (laughs) Right? We're just so quick in that. We would rather just hide Issues, then have Jesus deal with them. And Jesus is like, "Oh, okay, I, I see you there. You're you changing the subject. I'll I'll go there with you. We'll Talk about who's going to worship on the mountain. I'm, I'm going to tell you because it actually don't matter because it ain't going to be on no mountain. You're going to be worshiping Him in spirit and truth." And then again this woman she she good y'all. <laughs> she real good. She's like, you know, she gives another another incredible classic American response. She's like, "Oh, yeah, well, you know, you know, I know." That's what she says. "I know." And then like the classic southern response to everything. But we are all we are all professors. We are all doctors. I mean, we are we are the most intelligent people that we know try to tell somebody something they like oh shoot man i know that's old news oh okay right we just we know everything we are the generation that knows everything here's this woman thinks she knows everything gives the classic american response i know It's just going to work itself out when Jesus comes. And y'all, this is the part that just makes me want to do a charismatic shout right here. This is incredible. To me, this is the climax of the story before it even reaches the latter part of the story. Because I want you to see how Jesus responds. Because this is so powerful. For all of the I am statements that are listed in John, I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. I am the gate. I am the resurrection and the life. I want you to notice this because it's so powerful. He revealed his first I am statement. Not to Nicodemus. Not to this well-educated, right straight out of seminary guy. Not to his disciples. Not to John the Baptist, the greatest guy that's ever walked on earth. Of all people, this lame woman who can't stop making the right or wrong choices about men, who is disgusting to the Jewish culture, this woman who was looked down upon. Like, listen to this. A woman. No offense, ladies. You just didn't have a good rap in this culture. Like, you belonged in the back seat of culture. Of all people that Jesus tries and Jesus reveals who he is to the world, he uses his first I am statement to the Samaritan. This lowdown, this filthy woman who we don't really know her backstory. We don't know what happened to those five men. I don't know if she is a black widow who tried to kill all those jokers. And this guy's trying to, he finally figured it out. He's like, I ain't marrying her because I've seen what happened to the last uh, five boo-boos. So I'm just going to shack up with her for a little while. Like of all the people, Jesus reveals who he is. He does it to her. Why? Because Jesus came to save, not just the uppity uppities, not just the Jewish people, but he came to save the lowlifes. He takes this dramatic detour to show us that he's after everyone and he will move every cultural barrier. He will move every road. He will just, he will create detours just to get to you. She wasn't seeking after him. God in his sovereignty was seeking after her. And when she could not do anything in her depravity, she could not reach out to him. God reached down to her through his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus tells us who he is. I am. I am a significant, and we'll get into this a lot more as this book goes on. I am. Jesus, this is his claim of deity. Oh, you've been looking? And I'm sure with his compassionate, loving eyes, he locks right into this Samaritan woman and he tells her, baby, all the things that you've been looking for, joy you've been longing for, the the fulfillment you've been longing for, I am. How you ever experience life and joy and satisfaction and fulfillment is to see Jesus rightly for who he really is. And this is just, this is so fascinating here and and I just want to end with this last question like do you see your need for the living water like has he awakened you this morning with the reality and beauty of who he is because so many of you you're looking for satisfaction and I don't know what well you are drawing from You may be trying to draw the well that she's trying to draw from. Relationships, thinking that it's going to satisfy you. Sex, as if it's going to satisfy you. Drugs, alcohol. I don't know what that is that you keep going after. But do you really see your need for now the living water to come in and bring you this joy? Jesus came to show her this need of this living water. That's what's so fascinating about this. He tells his disciples, we ain't gonna take the quick route. We're gonna take the road, less traveled." And then his sovereignty seeks after this woman to show her, I've got everything that you've been looking for. I am the fulfillment. Jesus is offering a resolve to the longings and cravings of her life and oh that we would be a church that would see Jesus clearly rightly with a vision of who he really is and why he came he came to save us he came to save you right at your well but listen he loves you too much to leave you there he loves you far too much to leave you there and he will go through any barrier he has to to expose you for who you really are that's really great news so that you can see the reality of who he really is so God I just pray